and welcome to In the Odd at MSU, a behind-the-scenes look at the Michigan State University Department of Theater's productions and special projects. The Department of Theater has over eight different performance venues on campus. Most of these spaces, along with classrooms and design labs, are housed in the historic Michigan State University Auditorium building. A crazy amount of creativity and experiential learning happens in the auditorium. But as is often in the case of the performing arts, the audiences only see the finished product. This podcast serves to shine a light on how the faculty of the MSU Department of Theater are training future practitioners of the performing arts to challenge and redefine traditional theater as an artistic response to an ever-changing world. A look at what happens in the odd. I am your host, Brie Kubiak, a junior theater Spartan pursuing my BFA in stage management. And I am your other host, Abby Taikaki, a theater communications specialist for the College of Arts and Letters and also a freelance stage manager. Our guests today are Tina Newhauser, Troy Gares, and Shelby Epic, who are all also stage managers. The topic of our pod today is, you guessed it, stage management. Yay, stage managers! Say hi, stage managers. Hi. Hey, everybody. (laughs) So, Brie... Yes. You're a stage manager. Yes, I am. On previous episodes of this show, you mentioned that 2020 is the year of the stage manager. Yes, it is. Tell us all why once again. Yes. So a hundred years ago, because this is the year of the stage manager, a hundred years ago, uh, stage managers were formed as a part of AEA, Actors Equity Association. So they became a part of Actors' Equity Association and joined the union with them. So now actors and stage managers are now a part of the same union. So 2020 is the year of the stage manager. Yay. And at Michigan State University, it's even a bigger deal to be a stage manager because this year we will graduate the first two students from our BFA, Bachelors of Fine Arts in Stage Management, which was um, created in part by our guest, Tina. So Tina, can you tell us about this BFA in stage management and why this is the perfect year to be the year of the stage manager? Well, you know, I didn't align it to have our first students graduate the year of the stage manager, but I think it's incredibly awesome that it happened that way. That's the stars aligning to show us that we're headed in the right direction. Um, So I came to MSU and there was no... um, formal track in stage management when I got here. And I was talking with our department chair, Kirk Domer, um, and he asked when I came on board to be the faculty mentor for the stage managers. And it was an obvious fit because I've been stage managing professionally since 1988, if you can believe that. Um, And so I took on the mentorship and teaching of stage management um, and loved it because it's an awesome uh, career path and there's so many opportunities within it. Um, But there was nothing formalized. So I started the conversation with him at that time um, about what it would look like to have a formal degree in it. And of course, he was open to the opportunity because he's open to any faculty's um, ideas and suggestions, which is great. Uh, And so I started to look at the program and put together curriculum and learning outcomes and what I could pull that already existed, what would have to be created to, you know, flesh out the program. Um, And I had been working with him starting in about... uh, 2015 was when we first started to talk about the idea. And then 2016 is when I put in the formal proposal that has to go through a curriculum committee uh, within the higher ups of MSU. And that's, you know, the boring red tape we don't need to talk about here. And then it formally launched in the fall of 2017. 
And by that time, we already had a few of these students already interested in stage management. And so now it just became an opportunity up to them to decide to jump on board into that BFA track. So that was kind of like the uh, cliff note version of how the program came to be. So conversations started about five years ago. Uh, the program was formally introduced in 2017. And now in 2020, we have two students graduating with BFAs in stage management, and they just so happen to be Troy and Shelby. So Troy and Shelby, hi. Hi. Um, this is super exciting. So can you tell us how that transition happened for you? Because Tina mentioned, I guess, that you were already students at MSU. Did you have to officially formally switch your major what happened how was how did that all happen that you became first two Troy you want to start uh yeah so I actually stage management was I think it's my total as like sixth major at MSU so it wasn't exactly a straight shot for me because I believe Shelby and I both started in 2016 was when we came to MSU so the program wasn't actually there when we started and I didn't even start as a theater major. I was doing political science when I first got here. And then I switched through a whole host of a couple other things for about a semester at a time. But I was always doing theater when I was, um, I was always doing extracurricular um, after school clubs and everything. And I really was enjoying that. And at a certain point, I realized that that's what I wanted to do. But I was really unsure of what exactly in the theater I was wanting to do. And so I spent a lot of time visiting uh, Amy Lampy, the wonderful, wonderful advisor we have for the Department of Theater. And she kind of walked me through, yeah. Um, so she kind of walked me through what the options I had was, uh, what, I, what I had were. And I had been wanting to assistant stage manage for a lot of the shows that I did in high school. And I ended up, when I ended up learning about it, I learned that I had been doing a lot of the things that the assistant stage managers or the stage manager would have been doing. And so I uh, signed up to have an interview with Tina about uh, a couple months after I started talking with Amy. Um, and yeah, kind of the rest is history. So That's so cool. So you started in political science and ended up in this brand new major. Yeah. Although I could make an argument that stage management is kind of political science, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in certain times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's time when what you have to do has to be very <laughs> political. And yeah. Awesome. Shelby, tell us your tale. Sure. Um, so I came in to this university as an actor. Ah, and <laughs> I started getting into some of the classes and I was... Um, you know, liking it, but not loving it. So I knew that there was something that needed to change. Um, so I took the stage management class my sophomore year, first semester, and loved it, loved everything about it, and really connected with Tina. Um, and so then I got involved in American Idiot, and I had Brie as an ASM, but I've known Brie since high school. So um that was a really helpful transition for me just because she knew a lot about what she was doing before I did. Um, and oh <laughs> everything about the process was 
amazing, whether it be a good amazing or like a whoa amazing. Um, and I learned a lot. And that was my transitional point. I knew that stage management was something that I wanted to keep doing. And I felt myself become more myself in that arena rather than any acting classes I was taking. So I was like, you know what, let's do this. I love that. Okay. So you mentioned that Brie was there uh, as you became the stage manager. Brie, tell us your story. Yeah. So it's actually, my story is a little bit different because um, fall of 2017 was the first semester of my freshman year. Uh, I actually chose MSU with the hope that they would have the BFA in stage management by the time I entered college. Um, At first, I came in as design because I was really betting on that stage management program to come around. It wasn't supposed to come around, I think, until a year after is what they were predicting. And I was like, all right, that's fine. I'll just be technically a design major until it comes around. That's fine. So I go to our orientation in the summertime and Amy Lampy, our advisor, she said, um, actually, we can enroll you in the BFA in stage management right now. And so I literally started crying. I don't know why I started crying. I was just very happy because I wasn't anticipating being able to be in it so soon. And it was something that was a deciding factor for me in which college I was going to go to. So to see my dream college get that BFA program was really exciting for me. And so right away, Tina was able to help me and put me on projects. Um, As a freshman, I was ASMing on American Idiot. Um, with Shelby. So that was one of the first projects that I took part in. I stage managed Freshman Showcase right out in the fall. I had picked up a second stage production. So right off the bat, I was able to get a lot of opportunities and I'm super thankful for that. So yeah. I love it. I can tell you you why you were crying and it's because like, you know, it reaffirmed some serious life choices that you were making. Um, which is amazing because uh, I'm an alum of the MSU Department of Theater. And back in my day, there was none, none of this, really. There was a BA in theater and a master's in theater and fine arts. And that was all you could get. There were no stage management classes. But I, too, started like Shelby as an actor and ended the program as a stage manager. Um, but there was no real track for me. And it's just sort of happened. So everything that I'm hearing that you guys, that Tina is helping you with and Amy and everybody, it makes my heart so happy. I want to cry. So I get it. I get it. You know, it's it, the whole trajectory of training and stage management is, is, is so interesting because when I was in college back in the 80s, there were hardly the only women in the department only did acting or costume. So women didn't do technical theater and design and, or any of that. And so I was the sole female in the scene shop along with like six other guys. And they would only have me do certain things that they thought were like girl tasks. And so I did a lot of painting and, you know, stuff like that because, you know, to paint was more a girl task. And they would say, you have to stage manage the shows because guys don't stage manage, girls do. But there was no class, there was no training, there was nothing. And I thought at that time you never blinked twice. You just said, Oh, okay. And I stage managed and, and I found like a natural home. Like it just seemed so right to me that even though I was put into it because it was a gender role thing back in the eighties, I'm so grateful that it that it happened because it's been an amazing career for me since nineteen, you know, for what, how many years is that? Thirty years. Um 
and the variety of the work you can do in this industry is is unbelievable. And most people don't even realize the opportunities that are out there because they just haven't been exposed to it yet. And that's what excites me about it is that this skill set and this ability that you have as a stage manager crosses boundaries across all industry. Like it's it's opens the door to so much. And I just love it. So I'm glad that Bree and Troy and Shelby just love it too. And Abby. And before we dive into all the different ways you can use a stage management education in 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 a professional setting, uh, any of you jump in, maybe Troy or Tina or Bree, and tell us exactly what is a stage manager for anyone who might be listening and not really knowing, or like they did, they've done some theater and they saw that there was a stage manager, but they don't really know what that person does. <laughs> Um, so I, I can explain. Um, so basically, the stage manager is the backbone of whatever show that you are doing. They are the connector between your design and your actors because they are part of actors' equity. They deal very much in actor relations as far as rehearsals and managing their schedules and the director's schedules, um, making sure that rehearsals are happening on time and how they should with what the director wants, along with attending production meetings for design, for lighting, set, costumes, and all the above. Uh, When it comes to the show, the performances, the stage manager will call the show. And that's a really vague term for meaning that they just tell the lights and the sound and the set when to move and when to go. Um, so yeah, that's in short, if anyone wants to go into detail, but that's basically what they are. Yeah. And like one of the ways that I first explained it to my parents when I was switching my major was that, um, it, cause they didn't really have the understanding either of what a stage manager was, even though, uh, my parents, especially my mom are really into theater. Um, and the way I had to explain calling the show to my mom is, it's not the person who pushes the buttons. It's the person who tells the people when to push the buttons. So um, <laughs> like that. it's very uh, basic, but it gets a point across. Yeah. Um, but I, I really explain as they're the person who kind of communicates all the information that everybody, that everybody needs. And so it's kind of a case of where you're the person who gets all the information and you have to basically give the correct information to everybody because not everybody needs to be bombarded with a whole ton of information. And so giving people the amount of information that they need to successfully perform their task is one of the big things for me. Right. Uh, I would say, and feel free to disagree, but that a lot of a stage manager's role is facilitating communication among every single person that is working on the production it's sort of like a hub and spoke. The stage manager is the hub, even more so than the artistic director sometimes. Yeah, 100%. production for sure. As I, I kind of explain it to my parents is that you can't see anything that they're doing, but you can see everything that they're doing. So like if we went to go see a show or watched a live TV show, um, you would see like the lights change or a sound effect play. And I'd be like, that's the stage manager. You don't know that because when you're sitting watching TV, that's not what you're thinking of. Well, that's what I'm thinking of, but that's not what most people are thinking. And so it's like you see the credits roll and it's like stage manager is so-and-so. And it's like, yeah, they're there and they're doing everything that you see, but you have no idea that they're doing it. And I think that's kind of what I love about it. They're kind of 
mysterious like that and magical. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're working on Joe really well, no one even thinks about you. And that's the best compliment. <laughs> right. That's right. Like to have yeah. someone say, boy, this was the smoothest production I've ever worked on. They may not even know to thank the stage manager, but you should thank a stage manager because if when everything is running smoothly and nobody is, you know, harried, you know, you have a strong stage management team. When things are hitting bumps in the road and things are confusing and, you know, it's just a chore to do your job, you might not have as strong a stage management team. Like, and you might not even know to put your finger on that, but that is usually symptomatic of, you know, yeah. yeah. I think, um, throughout my various stage management experiences, speaking theatrically, um, scene transitions, scene changes are the biggest thing where I can tell if there's a strong stage manager or not, because a strong stage manager does not waste any time. And they're the fastest, most seamless transitions in the world. And everyone then says those scene changes were awesome, but they don't really know why. And that's one of my favorite parts of a production too, is seeing those transitions. And I mean, that's the thing that gets it for me as a stage manager is once you see one of your transitions go and it looks beautiful, you know that you're in the right spot and you're doing what you have to do. And that's also where the trust of a design team and the stage managers has to really be there because the design team has to be able to trust the stage manager through the process when they are giving information about, uh, you know, maybe a hiccup they see coming down the road and and they may think through a process that the designers haven't thought through yet. And because that stage manager is thinking so far ahead, they may be able to identify an issue and say, you know what, if we make just this slight little tweak, it'll make this transition work better. And if they can look far enough down the road and spot those little moments and the design team is very trusting of their stage manager and they say, you know what, I believe you, I, let's do that those things can make or break those transitions, you know? So being able to have that trust between your design and production people and your stage managers and their ability to kind of look down the road and and anticipate issues before they become problems, that's when you know you're really working, uh, you know, as a collaborative group and things are humming nicely because there is that trust and there's that, you know, forethought. and, And to me, that's where the true joy of the job comes is when you as a stage manager can anticipate something, you bring that issue to the table, everyone says, oh, you know what, I think you might be right, let's make those changes or let's adapt or whatever. And then when you get to that moment, it's smooth sailing and you're like, yaha, that's just a strong stage manager right there. You know what I mean? That to me, that's like the joy of the job. Troy, Bree, do you agree with that statement? Oh, 100%, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Have you I had also, those moments at MSU where it, well, Brie mentioned that she's seen it happen, so I'm guessing yes, but where um, you as a conduit for the design and, you know, the performers and that transition, that big moment in the show all comes together so smoothly. What's that feel like? Well, I know that for Into the Woods, the amount of transitions that there were were astounding. <laughs> um, there were many, many moments Um, And I think my favorite thing to kind of tweak with the designers, I think, is honestly the lighting, because I think that makes a big deal in how the story can read. And so the designer will give me their cue sheet and they'll say, "Okay, well, this happens here. 
And then it's thinking of like, well, if it just happened here, I think that's the story that you want to tell. And then you communicate that. And then they're like, yeah, you know what? That's perfect. We're going to do that. That's much better. I think that's where I see myself doing that most because I don't know that's lighting is like my second area of focus. So I kind of go to that first. But that's where the art of being the stage manager comes into play. I'm like, you know, that emotional journey, the character is going on and you can lay those light cues in to how the designer wants them because, and exactly where they should go. And that could be different each night, depending on if something is just a little different each night with the, you know, with the action and the intention of the actor. And that too is. Uh, That's a really important point that going back to the, the structure of the BFA stage management major, there is a whole component of it that is strictly intro to design courses. So Tina, can you talk more about those courses specifically and why they are part of the major? Oh, it's crucial. I tell every student, you cannot manage what you don't know. And if you to be a good stage manager, you have to know all those areas of theater. And so I tell them, get in the shops and work. You have to know how a scene shop flows and how things are built to know what kind of information they want to get from you. You have to know how sound and lighting and all of those different areas just exist and how those shops function, you know, uh, so that you can get the information to them when they need it and in the manner in which they need it fed to them. Um, and, and it just makes everything so much easier if you have a really holistic understanding of the profession. Um, it's a collaborative art form from top to bottom and the stage managers are in the hub of that. If you don't understand how areas work and function and live and breathe, how can you help them be better at their job? You can't, you know? So it's crucial to me that students get into the shops and understand the design elements, know what it is a designer does and how they function and the way they think. They think differently than actors think and they think differently than how technicians think. And, you know, all of that comes into play. And as a stage manager, the more experience you have in all of that, the more concisely and precisely you can communicate your ideas or your thoughts about what's going on or, you know, you know what information somebody needs versus, you know, someone else needs some different information. You just know how to disseminate all of that in the manner in which they need to receive it so that it makes sense to them. And it's crucial. So uh, these classes already existed. So why not? You know, it's like get in there, pick your areas. You can pick, you know, so many credits from, you know, scenic design or lighting design or media design sound design, whatever it is you want, um, and, you know, get in there and learn about it. And for me, I want them to learn it all, but, you know, I can only require so much as a degree. I want them to do it all. Troy and Shelby, could you speak a bit to that experience of, of, of the design courses and how that's helped you, boosted you as a stage manager? Yeah, I think one of the big things for me is, especially just knowing the process. I think I, the classes I took, I believe, were in lighting, sound, and media design. And through each of those, one of the big things is just knowing how they start from when they're doing their initial research um, after hearing what the design concept is, the director is, to how their um, how their final designs look like and every step in between, because it's really hard. Like Tina said, you can't really manage what you don't know and actually learning what the other designer, what the designers are going through in order to get to that finished product that everybody sees at the end is really important when you can, when you're trying to help them along the way. So if you, if you have no idea what they're doing, you can't, like, you can't really help them because they'd have to take time that they probably don't have and try to explain it to you. So getting that knowledge has been super important on all the shows that I've worked on. 
Shelby, can you think of a specific example when you were stage managing something where your your design knowledge came into like was very helpful in communicating with your designers? Yeah, I mean, um, the first thing I think of every time is just the, you know, even the ground plan, right? Like we talk about ground plans a lot and just knowing where the scenic designer's head's at is really important because now we can communicate that to our cast. Like here's some things you need to keep in mind that the scenic designer wants you to keep in mind. You know, the stage manager has to, is, is, is having all the answers for you, you know, for everybody on the team. So knowing where exactly something is, being able to read a ground plan, being in the know of what's happening all around them is so crucial, I think, to being a stage manager. So, I mean, anytime that I've worked on a show and I've had the ground plan with me and somebody asks me a question, I should be able to answer that pretty, pretty quickly. Yes. Awesome. Okay. This is going to be a clunky transition, but I'm going for it. Can we talk now about um, what Tina has coined to me as business theater? Tina, what is business theater? Business theater or corporate work or industrial as they were known of back in the eighties. It's, you know, every business um, will have an opportunity to pull people together in a room and uh, present something to them. Um, it can be a new marketing plan. It could be a sales meeting. It could be a product launch. It could be a number of things. It could be an investor meeting. And they want to do that with um, in a really theatrical way because, one, it focuses the attention to somebody who's standing on a stage who is providing them with this information. But, two, they also want to add an entertainment element to that, and they want it to keep the attention of their attendees. I mean, we have so much visual stimulus out there in the world that when it comes to these business meetings, they look at it the same way. Like how can we keep the attention and get the information across in a, in a meaningful way. And so businesses have been doing this forever. Um, And it really is like a theatrical production. Some are more complicated than others. Some are straight up meetings where you just have PowerPoint lighting sound and they're on a stage or they're on a, in a ballroom, whatever it happens to be. Um, and then others are these big, huge, massive productions that are on scale with a Broadway show, like they're massive. And that you usually see with um, opening ceremonies to large events or a big product launch for a huge Fortune 500 company or whatever it happens to be. But it involves anything from performers and singers and dancers and crazy lighting and large scenic elements. And all of that requires a stage manager or a stage management team. Now, if it's a smaller meeting, obviously you only have like maybe a, a stage manager who's calling the cues and you'll maybe have one person on deck who's, you know, getting people to and from the stage. But on some of these product launches and huge events and galas and, you know, whatnot, you could have a, a staff of uh, six to 10 stage management uh, people there working it. So it's crazy and it lives within the for-profit corporate world, which means it's a um, it's a high paying career and uh, it works a lot of freelance uh, stage managers um, because you usually do show to show. You're not, you may work for an event company um, or you may work freelance, but it's an avenue of, uh, of work that most students coming out of high school don't even know exists. Um, right. So like the, the Super Bowl of stage management is literally the Super Bowl. <laughs> who's, that's right. who's running the show there at halftime. <laughs> That's right. And I have a number of friends who that's one of their longstanding gigs is to do the Super Bowl or to do uh, the Radio City Tony Awards or to do any of those uh, big type of events. Um, The ball drop on New Year's Eve or, you know, those big those are big, more mega events uh, sizes. But um, 
Yeah, but like, it's great. It's a great the major perks and benefits of having Tina running this program, I think, is that she still does this work and she has all these amazing connections. So um, Troy and Shelby, could you speak a bit to how that work has played into your educational experience at MSU and what, what, what have you explored in the world of business theater? Yeah, um, I have been like Tina's shadow for the last couple of years, like following her around on corporate events. Um, you know, the first one that we did was the one where she flew Brie and uh, another student, Emily Toppin and I out to New York City. Um, and that she just told me on a whim, she was like, hey, we're gonna go to New York. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah casual, okay. Um, <laughs> and we, you know, stage managed an event out there and that got me hooked. So, um, she kept throwing, you know, options my way. She was like, Hey, this event needs somebody. And I was like, awesome. I'm the girl. So I'd go to them. Um, I've worked with a couple different companies with her. We worked for, um, KBO group, um, blue water technologies. Um, oh gosh, just plenty of first, yep. First agency. Um, and just kind of dabbled in each. I was a lot of like deck managers, just production assistants. And then this past year um, have become more of like the stage manager. So I've gotten a bigger role just because I've known Tina and she's taught me most of everything I know. So um, those kind of upgraded for me as I've been traveling through each of these companies. Yeah, and people don't realize that these industries are everywhere. So because we're in uh, Michigan and Detroit is, you know, the car capital, there's a lot of event companies that are based around Detroit and Grand Rapids um, that do car shows and, you know, different events like that. And they need people all the time to work as production assistants and runners. And so uh, a couple connections that I have with a company out of Grand Rapids, which is the KBO group that she mentioned, and then Blue Water, which is out of Detroit. You know, they'll shoot me an email saying, hey, can you just send me two people to just be deck managers for this afternoon? And I'll be like, sure. You know, so I'll send out, you know, an email and say, hey, who can do this? Um, so it's just those kind of relationships you build, you know, and it, it gives these opportunities to students that otherwise they wouldn't even know exists, you know. Right. Uh, Troy, could you speak to that? Have you had any um, experiences outside of MSU? Uh, I haven't really done very much in terms of the corporate theater world, um, but I think one of the big things is that because it just happened that my schedule apparently can never align with the time that these events are going on. But I think one of the big things is that, like I said, this is not something that I don't think I ever would have known about if I hadn't been a part of this program because of all these connections that Tina has. And so it really speaks to how blessed we are to have Tina um, with all the different connections and the wealth of knowledge that she has, that these are opportunities that we get to have and get to explore that I think um, I definitely wouldn't have had if I weren't here and didn't have Tina as the mentor for this program. Amazing. I know that also another partnership that uh, MSU has um, outside of of the strictly academic sense is Williamston Theater, which is our local equity house. Um, have any of you had an opportunity to work out at Williamston and what has that been like? Yeah, Shelby and I actually <laughs> got the opportunity to be um, production ASMs on Williamston's last show right before it had to close. Um, we were production ASMs on These Mortal Hosts. 
Um, and that was a different experience because, well, it was like one of the first times I was getting paid to do theater theater and not corporate theater, which was fun. Um, they pay for your um, equity candidacy. So they will foot you the bill to be able to start uh, getting your equity points. And because we worked there for three weeks, we'll be getting three equity points and you need 25 to get your card. So they help you kind of get that jump start into the professional world that you wouldn't really have anywhere else because they're so conveniently located near us. That's amazing. So you can graduate from this program having already started your path to becoming an actor's equity stage manager. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, New York City, Detroit, all over the place, uh, corporate theater, business theater, industrial experience. Although, Brie, you just mentioned before the show had to close. And one thing we haven't touched on yet is that we're having this conversation remotely due to the outbreak of COVID-19, the novel coronavirus. So let's just touch on that sad, sad story for a moment. And how that has affected you as stage managers, specifically with this show that shut down. Yeah, so These Mortal Hosts was set to open March 26th um, and close April 26th. I think I think that was the date. Um, so they were supposed to run for a month. Um, because we got our first cases uh, mid-March, we decided at first to continue... And we were going to still plan on opening for a while. That was the word. We were gonna we were gonna open. And then finally it kept getting worse and worse. And we were seeing Italy and, you know, all these countries getting completely shut down. And we saw the seriousness of the situation. And Williamston saw the seriousness of the situation, and decided, well, okay, I think we need to cut this short. Um, and they actually filmed it. So they brought in um, a guy that knows how to film for theater and he set up some cameras and uh, they were able to film it a couple times over that last weekend that they were rehearsing and right now they're in the process of editing that and getting that up for everyone to be able to purchase and enjoy in the comfort and safety of their own homes. Troy and Shelby how about the two of you were you working on any uh, stage management projects or any project in general that was completely upended by this pandemic? um well I had um I tour the children's show that we do here at Michigan State um that we develop with uh Dion O'Dell which is the neurodiverse theater um theater for um students of all this of all disabilities and abilities um and this is my second year it, it would have been my second year uh as a tour manager and um as a tour manager I talk to the greater Lansing area schools and we actually up and take these shows to special needs classrooms um, all around, like I said, greater Lansing. We even go to Jackson, St. John's. Um, and that was supposed to start March 20th was supposed to be our first performance at the schools. And so we had to um, since cancel that and hope that one day we can showcase it somewhere else. And Troy. Yeah, I was working on I was working as a stage manager for Marion, or the New Tale of Robin Hood, here at MSU. Um, and one of the first things that after we got the email from President Stanley saying that classes were being moved to online was I texted our director Alexis Black and was saying, 
So where do we go from here? Uh, what are we planning? What are plans for rehearsals? Um, and at the time, we um, shortly after that, we got an email from our chairperson, Kirk Domer, um, saying that they were suspending all rehearsals. Um, and we had we had a production meeting that Friday, a few days later, saying that because we weren't able to rehearse, there wasn't really a way that we were going to be able to do a full kind of run that we had planned to do within the time frame that we had. And with that current time frame that we initially got from that first email, I believe planning to resume uh, in-person learning around mid-April, um, we had planned to do essentially uh, a showcase of a lot of the things that people had worked on up to that point. We were going to do kind of a potentially a staged reading of the play as well as some of uh, a presentation of a lot of the design elements that the designers had worked uh, really hard on. Right. So I'm sure your brain was immediately going to, oh, okay, how do I how do I make that transition from yeah from it, show to managing uh, highlights? <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, it was a big thing of looking at my to do list and saying not necessarily crossing things off, but really adjusting things as to okay, instead of this full version, I need to get these things ready um, in case that happened. And obviously that changed because we've gotten further updates about the situation. And so because MSU is fully online through the rest of the semester, um, they did uh, in fact choose to move Marion back to um, the fall semester. It was, um, so I'm very grateful that the people who are involved in that um, do get the opportunity to do that. I think it's a very funny show, um, and it was, I had very much enjoyed working on it. Um, okay, but so you're graduating. That means the show's happening, but you're not going to be the stage managing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, we Troy, Troy, we're not going to let you graduate, and you have to stay in the fall. <laughs> uh, it's time to but, say goodbye and let go. Let the baby birds fly. I know. Yeah. Um, so, oh, Tina, can you talk um, industry-wise, like Broadway shut down, everyone is shut down yeah, right now. Shut down, yep. What happens in stage management when there are no stages to manage? Uh, they all stay at home and hunker down and do puzzles. And <laughs> yeah, the Actors' Equity Union, which is there to advocate for its members, has negotiated with Broadway producers to uh, uh, afford to pay them for so many weeks before, you know, as... Uh, as their severance pay or whatever you want to call it for this, you know, scenario we're in, and then they'll get unemployment. Amazing. What strange times we're living in. Um, so I've been letting this conversation go on twice as long as I normally <laughs> let the pods go for it. Brie, Brie knows. Um, let's uh, end on a, a high note um, real quick. And it later you'll think of 10 other examples that you wanted to say, but uh, each of us, what is your favorite or most memorable moment as a stage manager? Tell us the dirt. Who should start? You. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have to say um, just w working on a new piece that's never been done before. And then the opening night when you give it to the audience and the thrill that comes back from them as well as the thrill that is projected out to them from the cast, because it's a brand new piece of art. It's never been done before. This is the first time we're all experiencing this together. There is no greater high to me than that. I love that. Troy. 
Uh, yeah, mine's along a similar vein. I think uh, in college specifically, it would have to be working as an assistant stage manager uh, when we did the Imagine Project for uh, Dr. Fox and the Possible Cure for Death um, that, yeah, Brie worked on as well. And getting to, do this, so fun. getting to do this brand new piece of theater that was still in development and knowing that it, it still might change in the future, but getting to be a part of this with these people who are professionals from New York who had worked on Broadway and getting to be... Um, and having those people really treat you with respect and getting to work with them, not like, it wasn't as though you were working for them. It was really just this great experience. And I remember there were times that uh, Bree and I were working and we were trying to essentially, we realized things were missing and we were having the same thoughts in how to fix it or replace it. And it was, it was just, it felt like even though some things weren't in the right places all the time, everything was still running really smoothly and we were just things were when things needed to get done, things were getting done. Shelby. Yeah. Um, so I spent my last summer um, in New York city uh, interning with Broadway cares, equity fights AIDS, um, which was a really amazing experience um, getting to go behind the scenes of a lot of uh, Broadway shows. But um, I particularly worked on a show, Broadway Bears, which is um, one of Broadway Cares' biggest fundraisers. We had about 180 uh, performers, artists, dancers in the show itself. Um, so all five weeks of just prepping for this show uh, and the day that it happened, it was a 19-hour day um, for me. And uh, I was walking home from the event at... 3.30 in the morning in New York City, just in the streets. <laughs> and I couldn't feel my feet. And honestly, that was one of like my most thrilling moments, as weird as it sounds, is that I just put in all of this hard work. I saw this amazing show happen. My, you know, adrenaline was so high that like, it felt like I was floating back to my apartment rather than I couldn't feel my feet. Um, so like when I was there, working on the show, it was, you know, being quick. It was having the answers that I needed to have. It was helping, you know, over 300 people in this room, make sure they were navigating everything correctly. And I think that was one of my favorite moments. Yeah, I can't see everybody, but I'm sure we're all nodding along with that feeling <laughs> we had. I love that. Brie? Yeah, so I guess mine isn't very specific, but my favorite and most enjoyable part of stage management overall is when we're getting closer to tech week and it is the first time that we're seeing the set or the costumes. Um, I remember for Wrinkle, because it was the first show I'd actually gotten on my own to stage manage, I walked into the little theater, not on accident, but I don't remember why I was going in there and I just accidentally saw the set for the first time and I started tearing up again because that's how I get I guess. And it was, I was just like overcome with joy with, you know, you've sat in production meetings and you're seeing the designs on paper and you're seeing a little model and you're seeing people talk about it and all the designs are that way. And then you walk into the room and you see it in real life. And it's like something from like a storybook coming to life is what it feels like to me. Um, and I hope I never lose that little sense of like getting teary eyed. Like I could be doing this for the next 60 years and I hope I never lose that. You never do. You never lose it. Every time you walk in and you see that, it's like magic. 
Um, okay, so let's, I think that'll wrap up our episode for today. Um, but before we go, I want to do, I do want to say congratulations to Troy and Shelby for being the first two people to graduate from our new MSU BFA in stage management. Tina, is there anything you want to say to them? Uh, It's, it's like a mother letting your children like go away to school. Like you're like, I really want you to go away and have this amazing life, but I really want you to stay with me. So it's, yeah, I'm so excited to see just where they go. And, and of course they have to constantly respond to my emails and texts or, you know, or I will kill them. (laughs) (laughs) Shelby, call your mother. I'm their college mom. College mom, indeed. Um, Troy, Shelby, any final parting words? uh, Or or actually, I had a question I wrote that I wanted you to answer. What would would be your biggest piece of advice or information you would give to a student that's considering the BFA in stage management? Shelby, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, You know, one of the biggest things that MSU talks about when you even when you come to like a normal tour, just a tour of the campus is that this is such a create your own path type of college. And um, I want to, you know, emphasize that really, and especially in this BFA stage management program, you know, Tina wants you to do what you feel is best for your career. What do you see in your career arc? And she wants to make sure that that happens for you. So, you know, the fact of like, Bree is taking some more of her, she's a TA for tap class right now, like, because that's something that interests her. But then like, I can do things like children's theater, because that's something that really interests me. Um, So if you're really looking to do a create your own path type of college, which is what you should be wanting to do, um, definitely come to MSU for that. Yeah, I'll go ahead and double down on that. I think Shelby and I are prepared to speak that there really is no defined path of how you get from coming to school to graduating with your degree since neither of us started out in stage management, yet here we are graduating with it. And and, and like you said, even though Bree Shelby and I have the same major, we've kind of we have different things that we've also like focused on in the background. Um, like like you said, Bree's done a lot of things with dance and tap. Shelby's done children's theater and tour managing. I've done some work uh, this last couple of semesters with stage combat that I've really enjoyed. And I think at MSU, there's something to learn from so many different people. And I think throughout my whole experience here at MSU, especially in the Department of Theater, I don't think I've ever stopped learning from other people in whatever I've been doing. There's things you can learn from all the classes you take, all the different people you meet, it's its really just an opportunity for you to keep learning at every turn. That is so awesome. Thank you. I want to say thank you to Shelby and Troy, Tina, um, for being our guests today, and also Brie for co-hosting. Um, a big thank you to our technical producer, Dan Trago, and Dean Christopher Long, and the marketing director, Ryan Kilcoin of the College of Arts and Letters, also Department of Theater Chairperson Kirk Domer for supporting this in the odd project. Um, the opinions expressed on this program do not reflect official entities of Michigan State University. I am Brie Kubiak. And I am Abby Taikaki. And this has been In the Odd, a Michigan State University College of Arts and Letters podcast. You can access every episode of In the Odd at theater.msu.edu forward slash odd. 
We'll be back soon with another behind-the-scenes look into what happens at 542 Auditorium Road in East Lansing, Michigan. Until then, support your local performing arts and go green! Go Go white!